What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the newest episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns with your guy, Bully and Rye. Uh, as always, reach out to the show on social media. On Twitter, I'm at Tap Outs and TDs. Uh, come to follow the Facebook page at Tap Outs and Touchdowns. And email the show, touchdowns at gmail.com. Anything that you might like to hear me discuss on the show, any questions you might have for me that you want answered on the show, touchdowns at gmail.com. Coming off a really exciting week in uh, weekend in sports. Uh, first of all, uh, congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers for winning their 17th NBA title. Not many people who might uh, be from California who would be really excited about this news, or even for that matter, be Lakers fans, might be listening to the show, but congratulations are due nevertheless. Also, congratulations to the Final Four in baseball. We are almost at the World Series. It's either going to be the Dodgers or Braves against the Astros or the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, My personal preference would be the Braves and Astros. I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> the Astros can can eat it. I want to see the Braves and the Rays. Considering how much I despise the Dodgers. For reasons other than the fact that they are the West Coast team to my East Coast Braves. If you really want to call them East Coast. And I know uh, my, my old neighbor and good friend Billy Terry might be a little upset about me. Calling the Astros a bunch of cheaters. But they are. A lot of people got fired in the offseason because of the... Astros cheating scandal. And of course, I'm not going to want to see them win a championship for quite some time. So again, my personal preference would be the Braves and Rays. And obviously as an Atlanta Braves fan, I want to see them bring home another World Series. Because very few of my favorite teams have won world and or national championships since I've been an adult. I mean, I can hang my hat on the back-to-back national championship baseball teams that South Carolina had the women's national championship in college basketball. The should have been women's college basketball national championship in 2020. But thanks to COVID, we uh, we didn't get that. And even though the Major League Baseball season was cut down to 60 games and they included an, exp- an expanded playoff format, I don't, I don't care who you are. If you try to discredit this, this title, then... I'm not really sure what to tell you. The only time I think you can discredit a title is when there's rampant cheating going on. I discredit some of the Steelers, or I'm sorry, not some of the Steelers, some of the Patriots uh, Super Bowls because of Deflate Gate and this, that, and the other. And of course, I'm going to shoot down the Astros World Series because of their sign stealing scandal. Uh, you know, when it comes to. College football, paying players, obviously that's a a big red flag when it comes to awarding someone a championship. So, yeah, if the season is played, I don't care if the season's cut short or the season's scheduled for shorter than it should be, uh, the the championship counts. So if the Braves take the World Series this year, I'm going to brag about it just as much as the Yankees fans would be if they 182 games and won won the World Series or the... Houston Astros claim to have a World Series championship after they were stealing signs. So I'm going to take my championship where I can get it. So good luck to all four teams. 
but only like I really want to wish too is the Atlanta Braves. Let's go Braves. Chop on. Hashtag chop on. Uh, beyond the Major League ba- uh, Baseball and, and the NBA finishing up, uh, we had an entertaining weekend in college football. We saw Florida team get upset by Texas A&M. Uh, and then, you know, a few days later, there's a breakout in the coronavirus within the Florida Gators football team. So curious to see if that's going to affect any games being played or if that's going to affect their roster uh, playing in their in their next game. Some important games coming up on the schedule for the Florida Gators. Uh, none none more important um, on the, on the slate. Not for the Florida Gators, but for this weekend, we've got some some really good uh, college football games coming up that we'll speak about in Frick's picks at the end of the show in the main event. But last weekend, we also saw the University of South Carolina get their first win of the season. Uh, absolutely demolishing Vanderbilt. Kevin Harris, sophomore running back, running for over 170 yards with a big old, believe it was 75-yard touchdown in the second half to help the Gamecocks pull away. So my fellow Gamecocks that listen to this podcast will be excited to think that I, I, I think that South Carolina's got a chance to knock off Auburn this weekend. No doubt. I was listening to a local radio show up here today, and they made a good point. When you're a three-point underdog at home, and you happen to pull out the win, it doesn't necessarily feel like an upset. So I'm, I'm hoping the Gamecocks can pull one out, improve to 2-2 two and two on the season, because Auburn hasn't looked that impressive this season, and South Carolina's only going to get better. Uh, at least that's, that's the hope anyway. We also saw in-state rival Clemson demolish the, at the time, number seven team in the country. But if we're being honest with ourselves, I don't think that anybody thought that Miami was actually back to being a top 10 caliber team. And thus, the, of course, the, the win and the blowout fashion of the win is going to look for Clemson on paper. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to diminish the fact that they're the best team in the country because even if they had a tougher schedule, I still think they'd be in the position they're in. Uh, but, you know, we've got some more games coming up for Clemson that might serve as a challenge, might not. But nevertheless, they, they pulled out a big win. In a time when they were supposed to pull out a big win. So congratulations, Clemson Tigers. <laughs> so anyway, we got some uh, got some really cool stuff on the show today. Again, a couple of big-time uh, college football games on the slate. Well, one big college football game and then an interesting matchup to take a look at. Uh, we all, Again, so moving on from college football, we had an interesting weekend in pro football. We didn't know if the Tennessee Titans were going to be able to play. However, we got the first Tuesday night football game in over 70 years. Not Maybe maybe not 70 years, maybe since the 70s. I can't remember when they said it. But it's been a really long time since we've had a Tuesday night football game. And I'll tell you what, I think if they had an NFL game on every night of the week, they'd probably be able to pull ratings. It was a fun game to watch considering that it seemed like Tennessee had that game in hand the entire evening. Um, and knocked off the previously unbeaten Bills in the process. So because of that and some more rescheduling of games because of uh, COVID-19, we're not going to get a Thursday night football game this weekend, which is one of the reasons why this show is coming to you on a Thursday instead of a Wednesday like you have gotten in the last few weeks. So uh, again, uh, exciting football weekend this past weekend and some decent fantasy football talk coming up on the show today. 
Uh, we'll get into some patience or panic next, uh, where you can see where I've been wrong and where I've been right. Bully has been really wrong when it comes to his panic or patience picks. However, the next segment after that on the show today, we've got Bully's buys and sells for the week six in, in pro football and fantasy football. And I've been on fire. So I'll take the trade off on the Bully's buys and sells versus the patience or panic. Uh, and yeah, we've got some interesting things to go over today. So uh, we're going to take a short break and come back with week six, patience or panic. And uh, you know what? You can take my word for it. You don't have to, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. So stick around. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Uh, if you've been listening, I know last week's was last week's episode was a little late getting to you, and not many people got to pick up on it. But if you've been paying attention to the show, you'll know that the segment you're about to listen to has not been very favorable from my perspective, as patience or panic has been somewhat of a somewhat of a heartbreak for me through the first few weeks of the fantasy football season. And no different was week five. Uh, getting into week five, I told you to, to panic on a couple guys and be patient with some others. And uh, I went one and four in my patience or panic in week five. And without further ado, I'll go ahead and just get into it before we get into who I think that we should be patience or, or, or panicking on for week six. And in that, in that, uh, in that selection of patients of panic this week, I've got some players that might turn your heads. So I'm, I, I've got a feeling I might be having another bad week. But what you know? What better way to go out on a limb and, and take a risk than to, to put your name on something that may come up and blow up in your face? On the season for patients and panic, bully rise eight and twelve. Like I said, that includes a one and four week five. I was wrong when I told you to panic on Mike Jacecki. Now, granted, nobody, at least anybody in their right mind, would have expected the Dolphins to beat up on the Niners the way they did, especially getting Jimmy Garoppolo and Raheem Mostert back and having George Kittle healthy and having a semi-healthy Debo Samuel. But Mike Jacecki took advantage of his of his opportunities with five catches for 91 yards after putting up a couple of duds. He put up a 14-point week. I was wrong when I told you to panic Mike Jacecki. Now, I was wrong when I told you to panic on Kenyon Drake, and I'm still going to stick by that. But he did wind up with 60 yards and a touchdown last week. So maybe I was a little wrong on panicking about Kenyon Drake. But with the release of Le'Veon Bell from the Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles, listen to me talk, from the New York Jets, I had a discussion with one one of my good friends, and we mentioned that Maybe Arizona would be a landing spot for Le'Veon Bell, considering he would clearly be an upgrade from Kenyon Drake and would be able to do the same, if not more, than uh, than Kenyon Drake can do. The next one really upsets me, because I told you to be patient with Matt Ryan. And although he did throw for 226 yards, he didn't have a touchdown, and he had an interception this past week. The performance from the Atlanta Falcons led to the firing of Dan Quinn and the general manager in Atlanta. 
I was wrong when I told you to be patient with Matt Ryan. He, of course, didn't have Julio Jones, but he had Calvin Ridley, who had a decent game. Hayden Hurst, who put up another dud, but he had weapons around him. Todd Gurley had a good game against the Carolina Panthers. But Matt Ryan, not so much. I was wrong about Matt Ryan. The last one I kind of I kind of figured I was going to chalk up as a loss when I put it on the show last week. I said it was a panic or patient situation for the, the entire roster of the Tennessee Titans, and it was based solely on the fact as, as to whether or not they were going to play. Well, they played, they won, and just about everybody on that team had a good night. The defense had a couple of interceptions, a couple of sacks. Derrick Henry had a big night. A.J. Brown came back, and he had himself a touchdown catch. And Ryan Tannehill had himself a good night through the air. So I was wrong when I, when it came time to talk about the Tennessee Titans for the sole purpose that they played. The only one I got right this past week in Patience or Panic was with Josh Jacobs. I told everybody that eventually he was going to find his way back into the end zone. And last week against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, who were upset by Josh Jacobs' uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Josh Jacobs wound up with 77 yards and two touchdowns. So, in a time where they needed a win more than anything against a divisional rival in the Kansas City Chiefs, Josh Jacobs was able to show up and make a game out of it. So again, 1-4 and four in Week 5, 8-12 on the season. Let's see if I can do any better. You think I can do any better? Is there anybody that you'd like to hear me talk about in Patience or Panic? Again, email the show, touchdowns at gmail.com. Without further ado, we'll go ahead and get into week six, Patience or Panic. And this first name is probably going to shock you. I hope it doesn't get convince you to turn off the, the podcast. But I'm hoping maybe it's a little bit of thought-provoking here. I'm telling you. When it comes to quarterback Lamar Jackson, it's time to panic. And here's why. Since week two, Lamar Jackson has failed to pass for over 200 yards. Sure, he's throwing touchdowns every week, but he's also turning it over. Uh, you've got no real running game to take some of the pressure off of him. And granted, he's putting up some semi-decent rushing numbers for a quarterback, Lamar Jackson's not putting up 100-yard rushing games, but he doesn't have Mark Ingram putting up 100-yard rushing games. If you go back and listen to previous episodes of the podcast, I've told you where Mark Ingram is this season compared to where he was last season. And with a stud rookie running back in J.K. Dobbins, who seems to be working himself into the lineup a little better, neither one of them are putting a whole lot of yards up in the run game consistently on a week-in and week-out basis, and that's not good for quarterback Lamar Jackson. I mean, if you're starting Lamar Jackson in your fantasy lineups, he's more than likely getting you 20 points, a little less, a little low, give or take. Uh, But he's only got two weeks in the season with 30 or more fantasy points. He's got a really tough schedule ahead of him. Uh, Lamar Jackson, most people drafted within the first two rounds, unless... You're in a league where quarterbacks might not be as valuable. Uh, you have a league where, you know, a lot of your your people in your leagues 
pick position players before they ever touch quarterbacks. Maybe he got Lamar Jackson a little later, but for the most part, Lamar Jackson was going quarterback one, two, three. And uh, he's, you know, he's had a couple of really good games. He's not having bad games. When I say to panic about Lamar Jackson, it's about what he has coming up and what he's been doing the last few weeks. When you're failing to throw for over 200 yards a game, when you're turning the ball over like Lamar Jackson has been, it gives reason to panic. Now, I could say this, and Lamar Jackson could go off this week, and I would have to eat my words yet again, but I'm going to stick my name on the fact that it's time to panic on Lamar Jackson in the sense that you drafted him high to get you the most fantasy points possible, and he's not getting them for you. Guys that have scored more than Lamar Jackson the last few weeks include Ryan Fitzpatrick. They include Justin Herbert. Uh, They include this past week Deshaun Watson, which isn't much of a surprise considering uh, Deshaun Watson is a very talented quarterback. It includes a Tom Brady who struggled for most of the season. Tom Brady had a huge monster game uh, two weeks ago. Again, panic time for Lamar Jackson. Another guy that I've been hearing a lot about from different fantasy uh, football Facebook pages, my my best friend Aaron has been telling me that it's time to maybe move on from Clyde Edwards-Elaire, CEH, and I'm going to tell you why you need to be patient with CEH. Now granted, there's also been a rumor that has not been confirmed by anyone that the Kansas City Chiefs was interested in... Le'Veon Bell, once he departed from the New York Jets. But I don't think, even if he were to sign with the Chiefs, that it would affect CEH. CEH has scored double-digit fantasy points in every game this season. He has tracked double-digit carries in every game this season. And since week two, he has had three or more catches in every single game. He's getting the volume. He's getting the work, and this past week against the, the Vegas Raiders, he had a touchdown that was called back for holding on the goal line. Not only did that touchdown get called back for CEH, Kansas City would go on to kick a field goal on that possession when they had first and goal from about the one-yard line. He's got some favorable games ahead of him against the Denver Broncos, the absolute dumpster fire that is the New York Jets, And the Carolina Panthers. And obviously this comes after a Buffalo team who is coming off of a rough loss on Tuesday night football to the also unbeaten Tennessee Titans. But CEH was drafted as high as he was by Andy Reid for a reason. CEH is the running back of the present and future for the Kansas City Chiefs. They are going to continue to get him involved. Similarly to the way I spoke about Josh Jacobs last week, And considering he had one called back this week, it's just a matter of time before CEH gets back into the end zone and you start reaping the rewards of drafting him first or second round and buying into his hype where he can get you close to, if not right at, 20 points. Again, give or take a week. So as much as some people say, I drafted him in the first round and he hasn't given me anything. Continue to ride with CEH especially with the soft schedule he has on the horizon. I mentioned this a second ago, 
And I wrote this out. I wrote my notes out before he was released by the New York Jets. And it's time to panic on Le'Veon Bell. So I had a bunch of stuff written down for him. Uh, and this is before he was released by the Jets uh, this week. Uh, back from injury, uh, he had 13 carries, 60 yards, and only one catching in his game back uh, with the Jets. I've been selling on him all year. Uh, you know, if the Jets were, you know, again, in my notes, I said, if the Jets are going to be any good, then Le'Veon's got to be good. And the wide receivers are performing well, which performing well in New York, which should have been better for Bell. And again, all of this is moot because Le'Veon Bell has found himself without a team. Now, I'm still going to panic on Le'Veon Bell, and most of you, if you haven't, have already all but abandoned ship on Le'Veon Bell, and with good reason. In one, one of my fantasy leagues, I picked him up on the off chance that maybe somebody would panic and need a running back with injuries to a guy like CMC and Nick Chubb. And, uh, obviously, Raheem Mostert came back, but there's, there's been plenty of running back injuries to warrant the necessity for a supposed starting running back, and Le'Veon Bell was that when he was with the Jets. And I've been following Twitter the entire day that he was released and saw nothing come from Adam Schefter, from Field Yates, Ian Rappaport, about potential landing spots for Le'Veon Bell or rumored potential landing spots for Le'Veon Bell. There's been no interest. So if you've got Le'Veon Bell on your team, Similarly to the way people rostered Antonio Brown last year, it might be time to open up that roster spot and take someone who can actually benefit you now. It's, uh, as, as Field Yates and Adam Barry would say, welcome to Dumpsville, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, next up, we've got uh, two more people that I'm going to tell you to be patient with. And uh, one of them is is. is might surprise you, and the other one probably shouldn't, and we'll go ahead and get into it. If you watched the Dallas Cowboys game this past weekend, you saw Dak Prescott go with a gnarly ankle injury that included a compound fracture, uh, torn ligaments, and I needed surgery night of his injury. It was really hard to watch as he went down from a what's seemingly a freak accident where his ankle just gave on him. And you watched him try to put his put his foot back in place. It was really upsetting to watch. Really upsetting to see him cry as he was carted off the field, and thus enters the what people are calling best backup in the NFL, in Andy Dalton. And having said that, I'm asking you to remain patient with wide receiver Amari Cooper. Against the Giants last week in that game in which Dak Prescott went out, uh, it didn't seem like there was a lot of call for Amari Cooper to be in that game plan. I'm not sure if he didn't get the looks or if he just wasn't getting open. Uh, it, 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 it wasn't a good game for Amari Cooper. Uh, Dak being out, obviously a downgrade. Um, but as I mentioned, Andy Dalton, back, best backup quarterback in the NFL, He's still going to come in and air it out. It's not like they're changing offensive coordinators. Andy Dalton is arguably more mobile than people might give him credit for. But Andy Dalton was putting up yards and touchdowns in Cincinnati when Cincinnati didn't really have a whole lot of talent. Uh, you know, it's 
he's got a tough matchup this coming week with the Arizona Cardinals, very talented secondary. Uh, but going forward, um, I don't think that it's time to all but abandon Chip on Amari Cooper. I mean, obviously, you've got a lot of weapons in Dallas between Ezekiel Elliott, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. Uh, Amari Cooper is clearly that go-to guy. They signed him to a contract extension for a reason. Andy Dalton is going to need uh, a wide receiver that he can count on, a la A.J. Green in his glory days in Cincinnati. And I believe that Amari Cooper is going to be that go-to guy. So just because you're downgrading a quarterback does not mean it's time to set Amari Cooper on your bench. Uh, continue to, to ride uh, uh, Amari Cooper and be patient with him going forward. Last is another guy that I've seen on some fantasy Facebook pages. Uh, is it time to get rid of Juju Smith-Schuster? Um, you know, last season I would have said it was time to get rid of him because he, he went through multiple quarterbacks and multiple injuries last season. But I think the idea of releasing or the possibility of trading away Juju Smith-Schuster, unless you get a decent enough deal for him, is asinine at this point. All Every single week, except for last week, he was scoring double-digit fantasy points. He has scored touchdowns in half of the games that he's played in. That's two out of the four games uh, that he's played in. Now, the biggest free agency, free agency uh, pickup, free first, if I can spit this out, the top waiver ad this week is going to be Chase Claypool. I hope I'm getting that name right from the Pittsburgh Steelers because he went off for like a 40-point game while Juju didn't have much going on for him. Now, if you want to think logically, The fact that Juju had such a bad game opened up the door for the other receivers and Eric Ebron and even, you know, in a way, the running backs to, to play more of a factor in the pass game. Having seen the talent that is on that Pittsburgh Steelers team, aside from Juju Smith-Schuster, again, if you think logically, that would mean that defenses would no longer have to key in on Juju Smith-Schuster they would have to take everyone on that offense into consideration when it came to defending the skill players. You know, it's all it's going to do is continue to open that door up for the reemergence of Juju Smith-Schuster and that continued higher production that we've used to been used to seeing out of Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, it's. They're playing a divisional rival that some people are still picking to win the AFC North, considering that they got a loss in their schedule. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are undefeated. Uh, but he, regardless if it's a divisional matchup, he's got a decent matchup with, at home with the Cleveland Browns this coming weekend. Uh, again, if you want to bench him, enjoy the points that he's going to score on your bench. I think it's a week that you ought to be starting him at the very least in your flex spot if you've got two other decent receivers that you can plug in at wide receiver. Juju Smith-Schuster should be in your lineup this week. Uh, so, again, take it for what it's worth because my panic or patience has been all over the place this season. Let me recap who I'm telling you to be patient with 
and who I'm telling you to panic about this week. Maybe not this week in particular, but I'm telling you it's time to panic on uh, Lamar Jackson. Obviously time to panic on Le'Veon Bell, sitting there without a team. But continue to be patient and ride it out with guys like CEH, guys like Amari Cooper, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Coming up next, a better topic for me. Although I went 500 this past weekend, I've still got a pretty good record when it comes to bullies, buys, and sells. Stick around. Who am I going to buy in on and who am I going to sell in week six of the NFL season? Stay tuned. Find out. All right, guys, it's another time for Bullies, Buys, and Sells. Welcome back to the show. Tap out some touchdowns with your guy, Bully Rye. Uh, again, go follow me on Twitter at Tap Out Some TDs. Tell your friends to give me a follow, too. Had a really good week, uh, week before last, interacting with some people during NFL Sunday football, during WWE's uh, NXT TakeOver event. Uh, I was actually busy this weekend, made some friends here in the upstate and spent the weekend with them having a good old time we went and did some axe throwing uh went and uh went to a dueling piano bar uh went and went to an escape room sunday afternoon so a really fun weekend uh and and so i didn't get a chance to interact with everybody on twitter on sunday but unless something unforeseen comes up this sunday i'll be doing it again and I'd love if you'd listen to the show and got on Twitter. You can tell me where I was wrong on this next segment, Bullies, Buys, and Sells, so I can maybe start to improve going forward. Uh, again, the pa- patience or panic previous segment is where I've really struggled. And I've, I've been okay with my buys and sells this year, uh, with the exception of last week where I went 500. With that, before I get into the week six buy and sells, I'm going to go ahead and tell you where I was Again, Bully was right and Bully was wrong. Week five. I'll start off with, with all four wrongs that I had last weekend. Uh, I didn't know if, if we were going to get both Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin in Tampa Bay. And therefore, I said, hey, let's buy in on Scotty Miller. He's got a good couple of weeks. Mike Evans is banged up regardless. So Scotty Miller is going to have an opportunity to, to shine in that Tampa game and what did he do but throw up a giant goose egg? It's not the first time that's happened to me this year. But it's the first time that I've called someone to buy in for and to slap me right in the face. I picked him up in one of my leagues. Fortunately, I had the wherewithal to bench him and take the risk on Mike Evans, and it worked out for me. However, I didn't stick true to my word when I said to buy in on Scotty Miller because he... Gave us a big goose egg last last week. One of the guys I was biggest on was was Josh Kelly, with the injury to Austin Eckler. Josh Kelly had already had one season, or I'm sorry, one week this season where he had double digit carries. So I figured maybe he was going to take over uh, that that Austin Eckler role. And what happened? But Justin Jackson reemerged in Los Angeles. Josh Kelly wound up with 29 yards, 
uh, totaling four fantasy points. All it did was smack me right in the face. Now, this next guy, I, I went ahead and gave myself a wrong answer on this. Although, I was only a fraction of a point off when I said it was time to sell on Jarvis Landry. He had four catches for 88 yards, 12.8 fantasy points. He was projected 12.2 or 12.4, something like that. Barely made over projection. But I was saying that OBJ had reemerged and it was time to sell Jarvis Landry. And although he only had 12 points, it was better than what the experts expected. And therefore, I was wrong when it came to Jarvis Landry. I also gave up a little prematurely on Ryan Fitzpatrick after his dud game against the Seahawks defense that was giving up 400 yards a game. Ryan Fitzpatrick came in right at 300 and no touchdowns. Ryan Fitzpatrick bounced back with a 350-yard and three-touchdown game, uh, otherwise known as a 33-point game against a 49ers defense that was supposed to be a pretty good defense. The Niners were coming back to almost at full strength in general, which is why I was selling on Ryan Fitzpatrick last week. And what did he do but kick me right in the proverbial grapefruits? So, again, Scotty Miller, Kelly, Jarvis Landry, Ryan Fitzpatrick was all wrong on last week. Here's what I was right. I said to buy in on Teddy Bridgewater, and it might be time to buy in on Teddy Bridgewater for the rest of the season. 313 yards, two touchdowns, 25 fantasy points. He was projected a little less than that. Now, 25 points might not seem like a lot for a starting quarterback when you've got guys like uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, scoring big. You've got guys like Derek Carr who went off this past week. I mentioned it in Patience or Panic. Lamar Jackson's had a couple of games with 30 points. The biggest thing about Teddy Bridgewater is that he's not turning the ball over. He's managing the games and he's getting the ball where he needs to. And that's in the hands of Mike Davis. And soon to be back in the hands of Christian McCaffrey. I think a lot of us forget about how good Teddy Bridgewater was in Minnesota because of his injury. And then when he came in for New Orleans, all he did was lead New Orleans to a 4-0 record while Drew Brees was on the mend. And I, I think that Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback than even myself was giving him credit for. So I was right on Teddy Bridgewater last week against the struggling and, and winless Atlanta Falcons. I also told you to buy in on Hunter Henry. He had a good matchup last week. I had a feeling he, he might be able to work out an end zone target. And when Keenan Allen went down, he was able to do just that. Four catches, 23 yards, a touchdown, 12.3 fantasy points. That was over his projection. I told you to sell on Tyler Higby. There's too much um, too much of the ball to go around in the, in the Rams' offense. Tyler Higby's had one good week. He had 3.2 fantasy points that came in well under his projection. Somebody else who I was right about that came under projection was Tom Brady. 253 yards and only one touchdown this past week. Made up for 6.12 fantasy points. Again, under his projection. Uh, I was wrong about him earlier this year. I was right about him in week five. Uh, again, some, some notable names 
uh, especially in the sell column, considering some of the talking I've done about some of these players in the show, considering what we're walking into. Uh, we've got some some interesting names in the buys and sells just for week six. Uh, and so without further ado, let's get right, at, right into it after I take a sip of this delicious, refreshing water. All right. Normally, I've had a co-host in the past that would be able to mask uh, my drinking water. But, you know, again, learning on the fly, still getting used to doing a solo show. Anyway, Bullies buys for week six include running back for the Miami Dolphins, Miles Gaskins. In four of his five games, he has finished in double-digit fantasy points. He plays a Jets team that is just absolutely so discombobulated and so terrible that there's no way, I mean, right, there's no way that Adam Gase survives the end of the week. Uh, Miles Gaskin has also been heavily involved in the passing games. Uh, 23 receptions on the season. Big number for a running back. Big number for a running back who, for all intents and purposes, was an afterthought, at least in my opinion, going into the season when Miami goes out and size the guys like Matt Breida and Jordan Howard. Miles Gaskin would not have been the name that I would have pegged to be scoring in double-digit fantasy points each week. Buy in on Miles Gaskins against the New York Jets this weekend. Next up is another guy who has had his ups and downs prior to this year. And with the signing of another running back right before the beginning of the season, we didn't know what we were going get, to get out of this guy. And we all know who I'm talking about, Ronald Jones and the signing of Leonard Fournette. Fournette was active last week, but scored zero fantasy points. And again, similarly to Miles Gaskin, running back Ronald Jones for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, also four of his five games are scoring in double-digit fantasy points. The Chicago Bears defense has not given up a 100-yard rusher in quite some time. They are known for having a strong defense. Uh, and... Ronald Jones did nothing but but put over 100 yards on the ground against the Bears, and they get a defense, uh, a run defense, that is, that's a little more forgiving with the Green Bay Packers this week. Uh, Ronald Jones, uh, small, lower projection than, than you might think. If you've got him on your roster, we've got a couple teams on bye this week. Ronald, You could do worse than Ronald Jones uh, sitting in your starting lineup this week. Last week, my next uh, buy for this week didn't put a whole up didn't put up a whole lot of points. Eleven fantasy points this past week. Um, you know, he took a step down from his week four output, and that week four forty point explosion. Of course, talking about Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, he even with the Browns win over the Colts, the Colts have a solid defense. If nothing else can be talked about with the Colts, it's their defense. And OBJ was still able to put up double-digit fantasy points, as was his teammate Jarvis Landry that I spoke about and where I was wrong last week. Gets a, uh, gets a Steelers defense giving up the third most points to wide receivers this week. Uh, should, be coming, uh, should be coming to play uh, in, a, in a big divisional, uh, big rivalry game. Bears and Steelers, uh, we, we've seen Odell perform best when it came against teams in the division when he was with the Giants. 
he would show up biggest when he was uh, playing the Cowboys, when he was playing the Eagles, when he was playing the Redskins, the former Redskins, the Washington football team. Um, I think uh, we're due for another big game uh, from Odell Beckham against the Pittsburgh Steelers this coming uh, weekend. Uh, finally, Bullies by uh, for Bullies by this final week is going to be somewhat of a surprise, but also somewhat of a homer pick, and that would be tight end for the Atlanta Falcons, Hayden Hurst. Now, again, we've got a banged-up Julio Jones that we might see play this weekend, um, and we've seen Hayden Hurst struggle without Julio in the lineup and with guys like Calvin Ridley banged up and even Russell Gage uh, not being as effective as he has been in the past. Um, you know, he's, he's playing a struggling Vikings defense. The Vikings have not been good defensively. Now, granted, they, they almost were able to pull an upset against the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday night football this past week, but they still have, have been giving up a ton of a ton of yards, a ton of points, and if they were to get Julio back this week, that's going to pull some more pressure off of tight end Hayden Hurst. And with the new coaching staff in place, or at least with interim coaches being put in place, I would imagine they would probably be a little more aggressive, uh, meaning more chances for the talented offensive playmakers to produce, including that of tight end Hayden Hurst. Bullies buys this week again, Miles Gaskin, Ronald Jones, Eldale Beckham Jr., and tight end Hayden Hurst. Now these cells are going to be quite surprising, and there's not much to really discuss about them. Uh, you know, let's go ahead and get into it now. My first sell is quarterback from the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen has been lights out this year up until the Tuesday night game against Tennessee. Um, and even though he was able to get 20 fantasy points against the uh, Tennessee Titans, he also threw two interceptions. Uh, he's also getting a Kansas City team that is coming off their first loss of the season as well against an interdivisional team in the Vegas Raiders. Again, the Bills are a good team. They've been a good team all year. There's a reason why they're 3-1. and one. I just don't see Josh Allen hitting his projection this week. I think Kansas City is going to come out, uh, for, forgive the phrase, balls to the wall. Uh, their defense is going to want to rectify uh, their holes that they gave up to Derek Carr last week. And that means a, a bad day for Josh Allen. So I'm selling Josh Allen this week. If you've got him, you're probably starting him, and I'm not going to be able to talk you out of it. But just temper your expectations for Josh Allen in week six. Next up, we're going to talk about another quarterback. Uh, and I know I just told you to be patient with one of his wide receivers, but I'm telling you as far as this week goes, uh, if you pick up Andy Dalton as a replacement for Dak Prescott or as a bi-week filler, uh, you know, it's it's not really a, a good game to come at come come to with. Uh, again, he's taking over uh, for Dak, so he's obviously the starter in Dallas now. He's no longer the best backup in the league. He's the Dallas Cowboys' starting quarterback. But the Arizona Cardinals are good against the pass. They've got really good DBs. 
Although Amari Cooper might not put up the numbers that I would I would hope he would, considering that Andy Dalton should be airing it out. Uh, as a result, Andy Dalton's probably going to hit Amari Cooper a good bit, but he's probably also going to hit the defensive backs for the Arizona Cardinals a good bit. Uh, I, again, I, I'm not telling you not to start him. If you didn't have Andy Dalton, if your only quarterback was Dak, Pres- Dak Prescott, I'm sure there were other quarterbacks that you would have been able to get from the waivers from free agency that would be a better fit this week than Andy Dalton. This next guy I just told you to be patient with. I am a proponent of this player. I have rostered this player in every single one of my leagues with the exception of one. However, this week is the week if you are going to take a flyer or if you had no other choices to put him in your flex, and that is Clyde Edwards-Elair. CEH is getting a Bills defense that just got torched by Derrick Henry. Uh, run, they ran over all, ran all over the field on him. Uh, I mean, if if you didn't see that stiff arm to Josh Norman by Derrick Henry, it is a thing of beauty. Somebody already updated his Wikipedia page the next day that his father was being that being Josh Norman. Josh Norman's father was Derrick Henry, the running back for the Tennessee Titans. Now. CEH is not the same player that Derrick Henry is. He doesn't have the size. Uh, I, I would I would argue he's probably got the speed, um, but he, he doesn't have the same offensive line that Derrick Henry benefits from in Tennessee. Uh, once again, he's going to be used, utilized in the pass game. That's a given. Uh, it's something Derrick Henry has slightly been used in in Tennessee. Um, granted, again... I, I know I just spoke about CEH having some, some good games ahead of him. I don't think the Bills is one of them. I think they're going to try to rectify the game that they just gave up to Derrick Henry. They're going to uh, key in on CEH, and I'm not sure that CEH is going to put up the sort of numbers that you would like to see out of CEH this coming week. Finally, it's a guy that I was, I was way off base with a couple weeks ago. Uh, I didn't put him in my buys or sells last week because he put up a goose egg the week before when I was telling to sell him. Well, this week I'm going to sell him again after he just had a 30-point explosion the week after his head coach and general manager was fired, and that's wide receiver for the Houston Texans, Brandon Cooks. Again, a huge week this past week considering that he hadn't scored double-digit points the entire season. He was able to, to muster up 30 points this week. Uh, he's uh, I'm, I'm calling last week a fluke. Uh, before I can tell you to start buying on Brandon Cooks and to, to go pick him back up, I'm, I'm, I'm chalking up last week as a fluke and telling you to sell Brandon Cooks once again this week. So, again, uh, your bullies sells for this week is uh, are Josh Allen, Andy Dalton, uh, Clyde Edwards Elaire, CEH, and wide receiver Brandon Cooks. So, again, uh, just hopefully some fantasy advice that will allow you to make some decisions. Obviously, I am no expert. I do my own research. The guys at ESPN or NFL Network or CBS Sports might be a little more detailed as far as their evaluation goes. Uh, but this is who this is who I've uh, who I've 
select as my, my buys and sells. For the season, I am 21 and 11. So I'd like to think, even though I might be wrong with my panic or patience segment, that I've been doing really well with my buys and sells this season. Some really good fantasy football uh, notes and news, fantasy football advice. Coming up next, we've got this week's main event where we preview some of the uh, NFL's primetime games as well as probably the biggest weekend so far or the biggest game so far in college football this coming uh, this coming weekend. Also, some exciting news regarding Frick's Picks coming up in your main event. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Guys, gals, whoever's listening, welcome to the main event of the show featuring Frick's picks for week six of the college and NFL seasons. Uh, We've had our first buddies, I guess you'd call it decline for the season. Bully, myself, 16 and four in Frick's picks, and last week... Bullies fell to 15 and 5. We had uh, one person choose Clemson over Miami. Bullies buddies were uh, basically granted uh, the, uh, the, the Miami Hurricanes, and therefore Bullies buddies fell behind. Now, I've been uh, teasing some big news about Bullies buddies and Frick's picks, uh, you know. Since the beginning of the show, and so I've got I've got a big announcement. Starting next week, uh, I'm I'm also going to continue to poll, uh, or at least poll, uh, bullies bullies buddies, and and you know make a full on bully and his buddies record. But I'm also going to start recording wins and losses for each person who picks games uh, on my Facebook page at Tapouts and Touchdowns. Uh, or my shared post through my personal Facebook page, uh, so that we can keep track on not just myself and and you, uh, but individually, each one of you who has been taking the time to pick games along with side me every week, you deserve to be recognized, and that means that I'm going to recognize you individually, not just collectively with your games picked, and uh, and you know I'll 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 have the records and everything ready from next week. As far as this week goes, um, I'm again. I'm gonna go the same format. I'm gonna let you know who picked who, um, but it's gonna again be majority rules. Um, but we'll also do individuals uh, going forward after this coming week. So again, kind of exciting. I hope it excites you. Uh, for the few of you who have been consistently picking, we'll have win percentage as well as uh, your wins and losses. Uh, for so for some of the folks who have. Maybe pick one week and not pick another. You can still see how you fare against the other buddies who come and pick games every week. So uh, we'll get right into it. Frick's picks for week six of the NF- or the NCAA and the NFL. Uh, we're going to start with college football. Uh, one of the biggest games of the week as well as an intriguing game in the SEC. And we'll start with the intriguing game. And that's a couple of one and two teams. Facing off 
in both uh, first-year head coaches, Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin in Arkansas, and I'm not going to try to remember Arkansas's head coach's name right off the top of my head, but Arkansas gave Georgia fits in the first week of SEC play. Uh, Arkansas doesn't look like a terrible team right now, uh, but they get to host Ole Miss, who essentially took the number two team, Alabama, to the wire last weekend, but also sit one and two on the season. We had some new pickers. Uh, Ryan Lapino has come in, as well as Chris Hall, um, and then our, our essentially podcast regulars. Uh, Alex Mims, uh, Greek, former guest of the show, John Stavronakis, and Matt Buck. Uh, they're going to be your pickers this week. And right now, the picks go three Ole Miss to two Arkansas. Alex, John, and Chris all took Ole Miss. Uh, my buddies have taken, or I'm sorry, uh, Buck and Lapino have taken Arkansas. Therefore, the buddies are going to get Ole Miss this week. And believe it or not, I actually have Ole Miss winning myself. Uh, but again, my personal picks will be compared differently with individual picks. And again, we'll visit that next week when it comes. But as of right now, the Bullies will be given Ole Miss as their pick, as will uh, my own. The other college football game we're going to pick this week is probably, after Clemson-Miami last weekend, the biggest game in college football, at least up to this point this year, with no Big Ten and Pac-12 playing, we get a top three matchup with the Georgia Bulldogs, the number three team in the country, traveling to number two Alabama. Earlier today, Alabama head coach Nick Saban and the athletic director for the University of Alabama were both diagnosed with COVID-19. I'm not sure what that means for Alabama as far as coaching comes uh, this weekend. And these picks were made prior to this news breaking. However, uh, prior to the news breaking, we had four of Bully's buddies pick Alabama to take the win. That would be Alex, Chris Hall, John, and Ryan Lapino. All took Alabama, while Matt Buck is the only one to take Georgia. Therefore, Bully's buddies will be awarded Alabama this week. And believe it or not, with the... and. You know, normally I pick the games the same time everybody else does, but I'm going to change my pick, and I'm going to take number three Georgia to be able to pull the upset on the road, especially if Nick Saban is unable to be in the stadium because he is having to self-quarantine because of the pandemic. So give me Georgia, and Bully's Buddies will take Alabama. I'll probably be wrong and give uh, Bully's Buddies their pick back from last week that they lost with the Clemson-Miami game, but give me Georgia uh, on the road against Alabama. So there's your college football games this week. Uh, you know, the NFL games are a little different this week because we've got no Thursday night game, uh, and we've got two Monday night games. So as as done in previous weeks, all of the primetime games are going to get featured, but without a Thursday night game, I just featured both of the Monday night games. Uh, so without further ado... The Sunday night game features an NFC West matchup between the LA Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I've done a lot of talking about how the 49ers dropped the ball against the Miami Dolphins this past weekend. Bully's buddies uh, all saw it and are taking that into consideration 
and every single one of Bully's buddies took the Rams to defeat the Niners at home. I'm going to make a crazy pick, and I've taken the 49ers, and here's why. They're coming off of a loss to what might be a better Miami Dolphins team that many people are giving credit for. And the San Francisco 49ers have been unhealthy most of the season. Uh, I, I don't want to say they rushed anybody back, but with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo with a week back underneath his belt, getting to see some live action, Raheem Mostert with another week of live action, um, I'm going to take San Francisco at home to pull the upset against the L.A. Rams. Uh, the first Monday night game, again, I mentioned this earlier in the show, the Kansas City Chiefs are traveling to Buffalo to take on the newly, un, I guess, newly beaten Buffalo Bills. Both teams are actually coming off their first losses of the season. And it looks, believe it or not, three three of my buddies, uh, we've got Matt Buck, John, and Chris Hall are all taking the Buffalo Bills. Two, Alex and Ryan Lapino taking the Kansas City Chiefs. So the buddies... Uh, for the time being, are going to be assigned the Buffalo Bills. Whereas I have all along taken the Kansas City Chiefs. I just think that the Kansas City, with a the way that they lost to a divisional rival versus the way that the Bills lost to a team who was essentially playing with two and a half weeks rest, uh, I, I think that the, the Chiefs are going to come in ready to play. I don't want to say they're going to blow out, the Buffalo Bills, but I think they're going to win pretty solidly against the Bills. I'm talking two scores, 10 to 14 points. That's what we're looking at for a win for the Kansas City Chiefs. Finally, on Monday night, the the night game features the Arizona Cardinals at the now quarterbacked by Andy Dalton Dallas Cowboys. All but one of buddies have taken the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and that would be that would leave Alex as the only person taking the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so for the time being, once again, Bully's buddies are being assigned to the Arizona Cardinals. I know I spoke about Andy Dalton not having a good game. I think we're finally going to get to see, and not that we haven't seen it, but we're going to get some to to see some really hardcore feed Ezekiel Elliott the ball. Uh, even with turnovers, I think that the Dallas Cowboys are talented enough to pull this game out. The Cardinals have lost games this season to the, for lack of better words and, and to be polite, the struggling Detroit Lions and a Panthers team that also might be better than, than I was anticipating at the beginning of the season. Granted, the NFC East is a, is a total poop show. And the Cowboys have lost their uh, starting quarterback. And again, as much as I've said to sell on Andy Dalton this week, I think the Cowboys are going to pull it out. They're going to be able to pull what you might be able to consider an upset against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, But again, they get them at home, regardless of, of the lack of home field advantage because of the pandemic. I'm taking the Cowboys. That's that's your that's your pick 'em. That that's your Frick's picks. So, you know, bullies are taking uh, Alabama, Ole Miss, the Rams, the Bills, and the Cardinals. Bully Rye is taking 
Georgia Ole Miss, the Niners, Chiefs, and Dallas Cowboys. So uh, a lot of a lot of decent information, at least that's the way I view it, uh, coming from me for the show today. That was Frick's picks, and this is the end of the show. That was the main event. Uh, again, I'm I'm gonna be as active as I can be on Twitter this coming weekend with NFL football coming coming on Sunday. Please follow me on Facebook at Tap House and Touchdowns. Share my page. Share the podcast. Let's get this out there so that more than just my friends and family are listening to the show. I want to know what y'all want want to hear me talk about. I want to try to differentiate myself from some of the podcasts that you may already listen to. And I also want to give more of a personal touch considering that most of the people that are going to listen to this show know me. They know who I am. And so you should be able to go to some of your friends, maybe some of your family who's looking at something to listen to on long rides, maybe play fantasy football, want to hear some advice. Send that along. Uh, at Tapouts on Touchdowns on Facebook. Same thing on Twitter. I was able to pick up some Twitter followers, not that many. Uh, but the more people that I get to share my tweets, share my page, share my podcast, the more people I'm going to be able to reach, and the more unique and the more personal I am going to be able to make this experience for everybody. And then again, as always, email me at tapoutsandtouchdowns at gmail.com if there's anything that you'd ever like me to hear me cover on the show or if there's any questions that you'd like me answered from a guy who you consider a friend, even though I consider myself a bully. So with that being said, I hope everybody enjoyed the show this week. Uh, we'll have some more next week, some pro wrestling talk. I didn't get it, didn't get to get into any pro wrestling talk. The WWE draft has come and gone. I'm going to cover that on my next show. If there's anything you want to discuss based on the WWE draft, reach out and let me know. Otherwise, have a great week. Enjoy the weekend in college and pro football. Enjoy your MLB, NLCS, and ALCS. And as always, hashtag ELE, everybody love everybody.